My name is Liam Bird, and welcome to this Punks in Pubs, Not Punks in Pubs episode. Uh, this is going to be a little special about a radio documentary that I wrote and produced about six years ago now, June 2014. I worked alongside a journalist, a musician, and filmmaker called Boy ID. And we created a radio documentary for the BBC that looked into the lack of uh, trust within the black, Asian and uh, minority community within the UK towards the police. So I thought it was quite apt to, to release this um, documentary. Um, I must say, though, that this is a BBC documentary. And in the BBC manifesto, it has to be seen to be fair and balanced before it's broadcast. So this isn't a documentary that is just police bashing. We do hold police to account. Also in this documentary, we explain exactly what stop and search is and what your legal rights are when you are stopped and searched um, or stopped and frisked in America. So there are some interesting stuff that I think can still be used uh, today in this documentary. And... In truth, I think there's still some stuff in here. In, well, I think the documentary holds up. Um, I, I hope you uh, enjoy it. Documentaries are meant to be a form of enjoyment, entertainment, but also I want you to try and be educated uh, with what you're about to listen to uh, and make up your own viewpoint if you believe that the police have done what they said they were going to do six years ago. I mean, I can kind of save you a little bit of time. No, uh, but still, listen for the reason of hearing voices at the time that probably had a lot more hope than what we have right now. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stop kind of uh, rambling on now. Heads up, though, you're not going to be hearing a lot of punk music in this documentary, but if you are listening and you are here because you're a big punk fan, uh, you will hear little snippets of, uh, well, nuggets of punk kind of trails i suppose whereabouts i kind of put my own stamp on it uh punk through and through so i'm always going to put elements of punk in this documentary so see if you can listen out for the clash at some point anyway so yeah enjoy this feel free to share it um, around if you feel that it could educate some of your other friends we'll be back on sunday um, when i interviewed the uh, the director creator and producer of the scar movie uh, it was a great chat, so it's not something that's not political. There you go. It's it's a it's if you're sick of um, hearing about politics, you shouldn't be. You should be fucking still fighting. Um, but I can understand fatigue can come in, so I've purposely picked uh, next week a very relaxed, non-political uh, episode for you to listen to. So uh, enjoy, enjoy this. Be well, and I will speak to you next Sunday. Bye bye. Yeah.
we can't go to the police because if I go and say oh I was attacked by 10 men and they live on this block down know 20 men are going to get stopped which haven't done anything they're just walking through like me they're going to get stopped off the basis that I called up the police as a generation we're, we're viewed like very badly to previous generations so we're just automatically suspected of doing something wrong like we can't be doing anything right young people don't like to be described as one group young people behave like this young people behave like that they don't like that the police is exactly the same it's thousands of different people doing a job rather than it just being one approach to life police are coming out more and we talk to people nowadays makes everyone feel safe and stop a search is a deterrent that is it growing up if I got to stop and search Tottenham High Road Friday night next Friday night do I want to be there no a lot of the time I do feel that there's not innocent before proven guilty they assume there's something wrong and then they look for the evidence if you know what I mean Turn down for what? My name is Boya D. I'm a journalist, musician and filmmaker from South East London. And living where I did, things were a little rough. Gangs, knife crime and street robbery were all kind of common. So growing up, I guess you could say there was a strong police presence in my area. And even though the police are there to uphold the law and keep us safe, I want to know why so many people don't see the police in a good light. When I talk to my friends about the police, the word mistrust gets fired around a lot. But I'm the kind of person to put that down to personal opinion. But it doesn't seem to be just my friend's opinion. Last summer, there was a YouGov survey that stated that just over half the people in the survey from London did not trust the police. I want to know why. So in this programme, I'm going to find out what's going on. Is it just bravado that makes people say they don't trust the police? After all, most people, if they were in trouble, wouldn't think twice about calling 999, right? I do trust them. I do trust them. Even though I don't really have respect for them, I know that if I'm in trouble, I, I can easily call them and they'll be down. If a young person rings 999 and wants the police, the police will come. So absolutely, the police are there for young people as well as everybody else. What has happened to you to think you've lost faith in the police? And if the answer is because I heard so-and-so say this, well, then that, that's not really an answer, is it? That's just hearsay gossip. And if there really is a problem, I want to know what the police are actually doing about improving relations with the communities they serve. I have 14 schools in my borough. 12 of them have a schools officer. They are dedicated to that school. When I go into my schools and speak to young people about their perceptions of the police, they've generally got a very, very positive perception of their schools officer. Now, the next bit we need to do is making sure that, that the perception of the police, they share that of the police in general. When you hit them sirens, come here. I can hit them sirens, come here. Better run when you hit them sirens, come here. I can hit them sirens, come here. One to the two, to the three, to the four. Lamas, please knocking at my door. Twelve black boots on my bedroom floor. What they want with our school, I'm not sure. Took me to the station, eight for E. For a fact that I had recently. Said they got me on CCTV. And I'm always told on me. Can't understand why these boys keep snitching. Can't understand why these boys keep bitching. Now I'm put tempered, feel like switching. Can't stand still, trigger finger itching. Gotta stay calm, gotta keep more cool. If I go jail, I'll be a damn fool. Gotta rise up, gotta stand up too. Can't let them see the end of this zero school. Look, when you hit them sirens, come here. I can hit them sirens, come here. Better run when you hit them sirens, come here. I can hit them sirens, come here. Look, when you hit them sirens, come here. 
After all the excitement, I hope the House is probably in for more. The Home Secretary, Theresa May. Thank you, Mr Speaker. And with permission, I would like to make a statement about the use of stop-and-search powers by the police. Now, stop and search is a police practice that has had a lot of media attention over the past few years. You may have read or heard about it, but don't really know what it is. But no worries, I've got you covered. I'm going to give you a quick history lesson. Check it out. Stop and search first came to national attention with the London Brixton riots. In 1981, police launched Operation Swamp in an attempt to deal with South London street crime. Officers literally swamped the area and used so-called sus laws to search large numbers of young black men in Brixton. Gary Shewan, Assistant Chief Constable, Greater Manchester Police. There was a power called the, the sus laws, the suspicious laws, and they were horrendous in terms of community and, and young people's relations because effectively it allowed police officers to search anyone if they had suspicion that they're acting um, in a a legal or criminal manner. This contributed to a feeling of massive resentment against the police, which then led to rioting. In the wake of the violence, the 1984 Police and Criminal Evidence Act introduced new rules for stop and search. These rules are commonly known as PACE. Officers would be required to have reasonable suspicion that an offence had been committed. However... Not all stop and searches that are carried out now require reasonable suspicion. It depends on the power being used. To be honest, it's all a bit complicated. I'm Dave Stringer and I'm the Borough Commander for Tower Hamlets. The aim of the stop and search legislation is to allow police to intervene early on in situations where there may well be a crime committed later. So, for example, if a member of the public rings us and says, I've just seen a white male aged 40, walking down the street, I think I saw a weapon concealed in his jacket. I don't think anyone would want us not to intervene. Although we don't know that he's committed any offences, I would say we then have what I would call reasonable suspicion, i.e. that we can justify why we're doing this to a court if necessary, that we can stop that person and say, right, we've got information that you are carrying a weapon and we would like to search you. Once we've explained our intentions and they've had a chance to explain why they're in a certain area or what they're doing, if we still feel that we've got the grounds to do so, we can use reasonable force to stop them where they are and to physically search them. Now that will be, in the vast majority of cases, a pat down of the outer clothing. And we would look into their outer jacket pockets, look at their trouser pockets. If we've got grounds to suspect they're carrying a knife, then we would look at the areas where a knife could be concealed. You know, stopping and searching people on the street has always been, throughout recent history, a real um, area of contention between the police and particularly young people. Because when you're on the street, the majority of people on the street, particularly in the evening time, are young people. If you get officers using stop and search insensitively, uh, they use it too much, they use it to target certain groups of people, then, you know, that is always going to result in poor community relations. And you'll remember that we had riots in this country a couple of years ago. In some parts of the country, when asked why were people rioting, the police use, indiscriminate use of stop and search was one of those reasons. Another night of rioting in England as police clash with youths in several cities. 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 Several cities.
procedure that divides public opinion you see someone that could be a potential criminal and you feel they got something like by the time it takes you to call in get a warrant he's gone so yeah to a certain degree stop and search there's more good in it than there is bad but i think sometimes like you know the police should like kind of be a bit more accountable for their actions i think the idea of stop and search when it was initially presented it was a good thing i think now no it's not it's not beneficial it also divides opinion in the police force as well stop and search is the great greatest deterrent the police have in preventing crime and I can tell you that from the as someone who's, who's been stopped and searched you take away stop and search I'm telling you now crime will go up and it won't be just crimes that you could cover up it will be it will be like two years ago evening standard someone has been stabbed someone has been robbed at knife point whenever you hear a quote around stop and search from the authorities as it were the response always starts with the sentence stop and search is an essential crime fighting tool and it's almost in the psyche it's almost in the culture of policing that you know it's absolutely the thing we must hold on to the most stop and search has a place in society but it's a policing tactic there are many policing tactics its value has probably been overstated and the sort of evidence for me saying that is where its use has crashed crime has still come down in those areas Right, let's not beat around the bush here, people. There's a problem with race when it comes to stop and search. It's okay, I'm good. Let's go! While 66% of white people thought stop and search powers are effective, only 38% of black people agreed. Yeah. You know, I was with a group of about 10 of my white friends. We got stopped, but I was the only black soul there. They didn't want to speak to my other friends. They only wanted to come and speak to me. There, there might be another white boy dressed like you, yeah, but it happened once here yeah, where there were two couples and there were three people and they picked up the two black people. Really, that, that's a letdown. Official figures show that if you are black or from a minority ethnic background, you're up to six times more likely to be stopped and searched by the police than if you are white. Is this something that is damaging relations between the young black and ethnic people and the police? Well, I went to Leicester and spoke to police detective Nick Glynn, who was also the vice president of the Black Police Association, and asked him that very question. I believe it has. If you look at the figures over the last 10, 12 years, the use of stop and search has gone through the roof. The last couple of years, it's come down as a result of the Equality and Human Rights Commission's challenge to the service to say stop and search is being overused and it's also being used disproportionately against black and Asian people. Every single one of those contacts has an impact. And for those that happen to young people, the impact is if I have a bad experience of being stop searched, I don't keep it to myself. I tell my mates, my sisters, my brothers, my parents, my kids, depending on what Jam, and it has that ripple effect. So do you believe the police actually recognises a race issue when it comes to stop and search? I think there's a reluctance to accept that um, people can still be stopped or stopped and searched on the grounds of their race. I think there's a reluctance to accept that that happens, and it does happen. Whether it be consciously or unconsciously, it does happen. Because there is far too much evidence out there that demonstrates that that is happening. But, you know, I I think that's the easy bit. Really, the difficult bit is, why does it happen? What do we do about it when it does happen? How can we stop that happening? Effective community engagement, especially with people between the ages of 13 and 30. That then feeds people into a a position where they might think, you know what, I might do that job, 
rather than just look from the sidelines and I can make a difference inside and then you get a more representative police force then you get a better understanding of how different interactions between different people with different cultures and approaches to how things are done they improve they get better and then you get fairer use of police powers and that it's almost like a virtuous circle then but you've got to break into that circle somewhere we have ignition Hello, world. Yeah. Wake up in the morning and I smell my breath. Send a picture to me that's again the girl in bed. I can dig it up with dig it up for real when that. Honey, too many tops that are pretty well to dress. Said thanks, but haven't heard that you're welcome yet. Elf, everybody, yo, I got the world ahead. I get a black chicks, white pinks, purple dress. And my head's good on, call it permanent. Excuse me, Portuguese, that's German, French. But I've been on BBC like Fern and Red. I bought the pair of Jordan Freeze with a firm cement. Slagging on a hundred and trillion percent Even in my skinny jeans I still walk like this And 007 made me talk like this Pedal to the metal, tell Jeremy Clarkson Anybody my age to drive a Porsche like this I've been ready from the get-go You better keep your mouth open if your legs close Five minutes till I explode 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 My name's Boya D, and you're listening to a documentary on youth confidence in the police. This is a public service announcement with guitar. When I was growing up, I was stopped and searched for the first time when I was around 14. And not only did it make me feel kind of scared, I felt a bit angry and powerless as well because I felt like, you know, I had no control over the situation. I also felt like I could have handled the situation a lot better with the police if I actually knew my rights. That's why I'm going to a top London law firm and talking to Rachel Taylor to find out what the law actually says. 
Hopefully it will help you avoid the problems I had. When someone's stopped and searched by the police, the police officer has to tell them certain things. So the police officer should say that they're being stopped for a stop and search. They should say what power they're using to stop them. They should say why they're searching them. So what they're looking for, what power they're using to search them. They should also provide their name and the police station that they're associated with, so their local police station. They should also tell the person that they have the right to a record of the search and they're entitled to that for up to three months. So they can either get it from the police officer straight away or sometimes they can go to the police station afterwards. A person also has an, a right to film the incident or to take photographs. When someone's stopped and searched, they do have to comply with the officer, even if there's a possibility that the search is unlawful, so the, the officer shouldn't have stopped you. In the immediate term and in the short term, if you react badly to the officer, then that's going to come back on you. It's going to be negative for you. You could, for example, be arrested for obstructing a police officer. If you want to make a complaint, you can either go to the IPCC website or you could also go to the local forces website, which should also have all the relevant information on. Century, doing something mean to it, do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. The system broken, the schools closed, the prisons open. We ain't got nothing to lose. Discover more. I just hopped out of the tube at Brixton and it's a lovely sunny day. Brixton is vibrant as usual and I'm going to have a little sit down with Aaron Sonson, co-founder of a Stop and Search app. 
Can you explain what the Stop and Search app actually is? So the Stop and Search app is a great way of making it easier for people to tackle an issue that is really relevant to them in their communities. And it's a way of empowering the people to tackle an issue that has kind of plagued their community for so long. It's a great way of giving feedback. It's to an independent source. People are actually trying to fight for your cause and fight for change. When you're looking for the information you need to know about, you know, what can you do when you get stopped and searched, it's quite scarce. And then even when you do find information sometimes, it's like it's too long-winded. It's like it's not put across in a way that is practical for you to remember to be able to use in a situation. Basically what we've done is put in the top 10 things people want to know about their stop and search experiences. On a personal level, have you ever been stopped and searched yourself? Yeah, various occasions. It's like I can understand the need for it. A lot of the time when I was stopped and searched, I didn't really feel like the reason they were giving me was a valid reason. So it just kind of made me kind of mistrustful of the police. Do you feel you're always treated with respect when it comes to dealing with the police? No, and that's a big reason for the app stop and search is such an intrusive power with great power comes great responsibility as they say when you're stopping and searching someone going in their pockets and taking away their freedom for for those however many minutes it has to be done in the right way do you think the whole stop and search law plays a big part in youth mistrust in the police i do because stop and search is one of the main interactions people have with stuff like with the police in a lot of people's cases it might be the first and only interaction they have with the police so it plays is more emphasis on that interaction being a positive one. If you get stopped and searched in the street, it's never going to be like a positive thing that you're going to go home and feel happy about, but, you know, it has to be as positive as possible. Gary Shewan, Assistant Chief Constable, Greater Manchester Police. I think the biggest determined about how you're spoken to is what's happening. If a police officer finds himself in a situation where it feels tense on the streets, uh, you're trying to find someone responsible... And there are a lot of a lot of young people gathered around. In some way, uh, the officer is feeling, you know, a little bit, you know, sort of uncomfortable. Then that will determine how they speak to people because we're all we're only human. You know, you feel adrenaline running. Maybe it won't be as clear as we'd like it to be, or maybe it's a bit shorter than we'd like to be. You know, if we sat down, you know, in a school classroom with exactly the same young people, but in a very different situation where we're there to talk about you know, football or there to talk about, you know, what uh, authority looks like and what police officers do, then that same officer with the same person will speak in a very different way. It isn't about the, you know, where someone comes from, their age, their colour or how they look. It's about the situation you find ourselves in. And I think we all have to recognise that. You know, here's where the challenge is for policing young people in the next few years. We have to explain our actions far better than we do. We have to explain why we're doing what we're doing. We have to learn that the best way to get a response and understanding and acceptance and assistance from young people is to put the effort and time into explaining to them why you're there in the first place. And you know what? I think if young people understood why we were there in the first place and we took the time to explain, I think there would be far more mutual respect and understanding and lead to far less tension and suspicion in the future. That's why here in Greater Manchester, we're investing in training our staff in how to communicate better. We're investing the time in asking young people to work with our officers. We're investing time in supporting things like cadet schemes. We're investing time in putting our officers into programmes where they're coming into contact with young people who haven't always had the best experience of policing. 
We have to invest our time. We have to invest our effort. And most importantly, we need to build a better communication style with young people. Well, well, well. As the old saying goes, if you want something done right, you better do it yourself. That's why I'm stood outside Nottingham's police headquarters and I'm about to talk to three police cadets who are trying to actually change the police force from within. Hello guys, before we start, state your name and your age. Rebecca Edwards, 16. Malachi Thomas, 17. I'm Stephen Swain, I'm 17. What made you want to get involved in the cadets? It gave you an opportunity to experience the police force at a younger age so that you can, I guess, see whether you wanted to join or not. What is it that you enjoy about being a cadet? It gives you responsibility and an insight into the police. How would you sell this to people listening to the programme? Like, What would you say to fellow young people who were a bit 50-50 about it? What would you say to tip them over the edge? I a lot of people think, you know, the police are bad people. And, you know, like loads of people think they're negative and police have got really like a bad name. But um, it's not all that. Like, I was 50-50, but since joining the cadets, I'm 100%, you know, for the police. They're not all bad and it's a great opportunity, really. So if you get the chance to... When you first joined, did you have friends at school who were a bit sceptical about the whole thing? All of them, really. All of them are like that. And, you know, I love it and I wouldn't go back, really. Some people try to poke fun at you. All the time, you know, I get it a lot. But it's what I want to do. If I want to do something, I'll change it really and I'll, I'll do it so do you think by the time you're at the age where you, you want to join the force and you know you may be moving up the ranks you think you're going to be better equipped to handle with the young people of the future I definitely hope so the things I've learned from here I think I have, will definitely be putting on to my role as police officer yeah definitely do any of your friends have negative feelings towards the police yeah I've got quite a few friends that um actually a lot of friends that have um negative views on the police and again that's being passed down from either family friends or just one friend saying 
doing or I don't like the police so the other friend you know agrees with it they have no reason to not like the police but you know just because one friend doesn't like him the other friend doesn't but what was it about them always being around you and telling you that oh, we don't like police always been around people who don't actually like police that made you still think you know what I want to find out for myself I've always been around uh, people that had negative views on the police but um, I see a different side to the police and there was something about them that I knew that you know they're not all bad which is true they're not all bad at all probably got the minority that is bad but you know the rest of them the good people do you think because you've grown up in an era where there's there is tension between young people and the police you feel like it's weirdly your duty to make that better as you become older and become police officers as a young person you've got to think well do i want to get involved in that or do i want to change something and make a difference to the whole community john the cadets do something about it change your life change the community around you and help everybody. Apart from this cadet scheme, have you ever had any interaction with the police? Yeah, I've uh, interacted with the police from being stopped and searched. So you've been stopped and searched? Uh, yeah, I have. How many times? Twice. How did it make you feel? Angry. I know they're doing the job, but it's twice now, but put that negative aside. I'm here now in the police cadets and I see a different light to the police. So do you think if you were to stop and search someone, do you think you'd be better equipped to kind of deal with them? Definitely, 100%. 100%. Do the police need to do more to reach out to young people? Yeah, I think there is more the police can do, but I think there's only so much they can do. So yeah, they can go into youth clubs and stuff, but the young people have got to make an effort as well as the police because they can't do everything. This ain't the down, it's the upbeat, make it complete. So what's the story? Guaranteed accuracy, enhanced CD. Latest technology, darts at treble 20. Huge non-recoupable advance, majors be vigilant. I excel in both content and deliverance. So let's put on our classics and we'll have a little dance, shall we? No sales pitch, no media hype. No hydro, it's nice and ripe. I speak in communications in bold type This ain't your archetypal street sound Scan for ultrasounds North, south, east, west and all round And then to the underground You say that everything sounds the same Then you go by them There's no excuses my friend As we progress to the checkpoint, I wholeheartedly agree with your viewpoint, but this ain't your typical garage joint. I make points which hold significance. That ain't a bag, it's a shipment. This ain't a track, it's a movement. I got the settlement. My frequencies are transient and resonate your eardrums. I make bangers, not anthems. Leave that to the artful dodger. The broad-shouldered 51% shareholder. You won't find us on Alta Vista. Cult classic, not bestseller. You're gonna need more power, plug in the free phase and the generator Crank it up to the gigawatts, critics ready with your pot shots The plot thickens, put on your mittens for these sub-zero conditions But remember I'm just spitting, remember I'm just spitting Once bitten, forever smitten You say that everything sounds the same Then you go by them There's no excuses my friend Oh, 
My name is Boya D, and you're listening to a documentary on youth confidence in the police. Right now, I am in Norwood School, South London. A lot of busy students getting their learn on. First impressions come for every aspect of life, from job interviews to first dates. So surely the same has to be said about police officers, right? Is it a case that police are coming off in a bad light in the early stages of life? That's why I'm at the Norwood School in Lambeth, South London. The pupils here age range from 11 to 18. So what better place to find out about how the police interact with us through our teenage years? My name is Melissa Ijniak and I'm 12 years old. When you think of the police, what immediately comes to mind? They're very good to be involved with young people, but sometimes they're too involved in what we do and if they see us with a group, they will automatically think that we're doing something bad or something. And do you think young people, like yourself, have a good relationship with the police? No, because not many young people would like to have a relationship with the police. When I personally see the police, I'm a bit nervous and I'm a bit curious. Is like, what's going around? Are they going to come to me? Are they going to ask something? Even though I'm used to seeing the police around my area, I still get a bit nervous because I never know what's going to be expected. In saying that, would you like to be taught more about how to deal with the police so maybe you might not be so nervous? Yeah, because I don't... I shouldn't be nervous of the police because if I know I'm not carrying anything, if I know that I'm not doing anything bad, why should I be afraid? I should put on a brave face because sometimes police would actually question you if you have like that face on like, oh, I, I've done something. My name's Shanae and I'm 15. I don't think young people have a good relationship with police because I think things from the past still influence us today. Stuff like what from the past? Stuff to do with like racial stuff. I think we still know about it today. So we automatically think that the police are going to target young black boys just because of how they look. How are the police viewed at home, like with your mum and dad, your family? I think my mum has a negative attitude with the police because like things that she's had to deal with the police because of, she doesn't feel like she was really dealt with properly. And I know about that as well, so yeah. Do you think that's kind of uh, made you think a certain way? Yeah, obviously, because my mum, I'm with her all the time, so if she says bad stuff about the police, it's going to make me think, yeah, isn't it? And have you had any interactions with the police before? No. I'm China Crawford, and I'm 16 years old. Do you think young people in the police have a good relationship, China? No, not at all, because I feel that young people look at the police and they see them just generally marginalising young people based on how they're perceived in the media. So young black people, young black males, preferably, when they see them, they base their decisions, they base their stop on search on them looking suspicious, and sometimes that's just due to colour, sometimes that's just due to them just being young. And I feel like the young people don't really get the role of what the police are meant to do because sometimes the police don't actually do their job. Um, Luke, 17. Jaheeb, 17. Do you think there's a good relationship between young people and the police at the moment? Um, no, to be honest, I don't, for a number of reasons. And a majority of them do have this negative view towards the police. And sometimes I feel like, given their job role, the police sort of have a negative view towards young people as well. So it's like, on both sides, there is some tension. I think both sides are basically to fault with the issue because the police, they continuously kind of harass young people. But if you look at statistics, that the majority of crime is sometimes kind of being done by young people. But then the people, the young people that ain't doing the crimes, they suffer because the police aren't able to differentiate from like, you know, a kid going to college and a kid that's doing crime. One more question. 
It's a big question. Would you ever like to become a police officer one day? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Exclamation mark on that one. <laughs> Hell no. No. <laughs> I never want to be a fed. <laughs> yes, yes, I think I, I could I could see myself becoming a police officer actually. Because um it comes down to the, the person at the end of the day. Because like, I still believe that the sole purpose of a police officer is to help other people and enforce justice. And I feel like that's something I could do. So just putting everything else aside, I do think I could play that role. Is the main reason you want to become a police officer is to create change. You, you can only change something if you're a part of it. I used to dream every night. Now I never dream at all. I'm hoping that it's because I'm living everything I want. I used to wake up in a bed between my mom and I, playing with this land before time toy from Pizza Hut. My dad works nights, putting on a stone face. He's saving up so we can get our own place in the projects. Man, that sound fancy to me. They call me fat nose. My mom said, you handsome to me. Mrs. Glover, ma'am, your son is so advanced, but he's acting up in class and keeps being in his fans. And I just want to fit in, but nobody was helping me out. They talking hood-ish, and I ain't know what that was about. Because hood-ish and black-ish is super different. So I'm talking hood-ish and cooling now like new edition. Mom and dad wouldn't listen. They left the Bronx so I wouldn't be that. All their friends in NY deal crack. It's weird. You think that they'd be proud of them. But when you leave the hood, they think that you look down on them. The truth is, we still struggle on a different plane. $7 an hour, WIC vouchers, it's all the same. Facebook messaging, hoping that can patch up ish. But all they get now is can your son read this script? Still in South London at the Norwood School. We've got kids aged from about 11 to 18. And I want to ask them about stop and search. I want to you know, ask them a few questions of how they've had to deal with it and how they think it's affected the relationship between young people and the police. I'm Jacob Kuchon and I'm 16 years old. Have you personally had any experiences with the or interactions with the police? Actually, yesterday I was stopped and searched by the so group of police. Come in the area, basically every time they see us, we we stand outside. It's a, a football gate, so we just chill there. But sometimes the police can come and stop and search us because they say they don't want to see us in big groups because it looks um, suspicious. Was that the first time you had been stopped and searched? No, that was actually the third time. Yeah, how old were you when they first stopped and searched you? Um, I was I was 15 at first. That was some couple of weeks ago. Did they give you a reason for why they stopped you? It was a big group of black boys, but we were just playing football in the cage, but they said we looked suspicious. Do you think stop and search is a good thing overall? Stop and search is a good thing when, for example, because sometimes boys that could be carrying knives and, for example, on that little run or that day, they could have a problem with a different group of boys and somebody could end up getting hurt or killed. So stop and search can sometimes be a bit beneficial, but sometimes it's really not. So is it something that you've just, you know, decided that you have to accept that like being a young black boy living in a certain area, you know, if stop and search is going to carry on, then I'm just going to be, you know, one of the people just going to keep on getting stop and search? Yeah, stop and search. I don't like it, but I've realised that as a young as a young black boy, I'm going to have to learn to accept it because London, or South especially, has been seen as negative or as every young black boy violence or a black boy carrying a knife or, or something. So we're all seen as the same. We're not all seen different. Uh, my name's Joseph and I'm 14. 
When you think of the police, what comes to mind immediately? Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is stopping and searching. Most people wouldn't expect that from me because I'm 14, but I don't know. I think it's because I'm tall that people think that I'm a lot older than I am. I get stopped and searched quite a bit. How old were you when it first happened? First time, I was 10. Wow, how did that make you feel? I kind of felt a bit weird. I was only 10 and I didn't know too much back then. And I thought maybe they're looking for something or maybe someone's phone got stolen. I didn't. I was kind of innocent back then, so I didn't see it as something like, ah, oh, they're searching me because of the colour of my skin or because of the group of people I'm with or anything like that. When I, now that I look at it down the line, I think it was kind of wrong, considering how young I was. And uh, how, how many times have you been searched since? Six, seven times. And when you did get stopped and searched, did you tell your mum at any time or your parents? I didn't want to at first because I thought she would think, oh, what's he doing already? He's only 10 years old. But later on down the line, I told her, and she was actually shocked. She was like, you're only 10, why are they searching you? They didn't find anything. Do you think your stopping searches have affected the way you see the police, your, your personal opinion on them? Yeah, yeah. I've, I understand the whole they're searching me just because I'm black thing because it would be me to get searched and my friends would, and they would just ask them, have you got anything on you that you, don't, that you shouldn't have? They'd be like, no. But then they would search me. And I'm wondering, like, why am I different to them just because of the colour of my skin? I asked Chief Inspector Dave Stringer, borough commander of Tower Hamlets in East London, if someone at the age of 10 should be put through a stop and search. 10 is very early to be conducting stop and search. However, one of the sad realities of life is, is that many of our gang members deliberately recruit girls and younger children in many cases to carry drugs for them, to carry weapons for them, on the assumption that police won't stop and search them. We can't ignore that because there's real live community safety concerns around that. What we would need to do though, clearly, is to make sure that that encounter is ex- explained as, as well as we possibly can in a language that that 10-year-old can understand and that ideally we'd then follow up with the family this is why we've we've stopped your 10-year-old, because actually there's a really important safeguarding issue there. If that young person is getting involved in criminality at that age, if they're in the process of being recruited by a gang to run drugs or carry weapons for them, then actually the agencies and the family have to really get together and work out a plan to, to protect that, that young person from future involvement in crime. Right, they say you can't judge a man until you've walked a mile in their shoes. So that's what I'm doing. I'm about to hit the beat with PC Mohammed Aziz in Lewisham. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Sarge, uh, I'm not free to speak. I'm mic'd up with the radio team outside the Nick. Over. Mohammed, so what kind of made you want to become a police officer then? If you ask me why I wanted to be a police officer 10 years ago, I would have quoted word for word the NWA song. For real? For real. Police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad because I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. Oh, that is because I ain't the one. For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell. We come with me because I'm a teenager. With a little bit of gold and a pager Searching my car, looking for the product Thinking everything and you're selling narcotics You'd rather see me in the pen Than me and Lorenzo rolling in a benzo Be the police out of shape And when I finish, bring the yellow tape
showing out for the white cop. You know, people, people have the assumption that police are either middle class or come from well-off backgrounds. I came from absolute poverty. When you come from a certain lifestyle like that, you don't know nothing about the police. What kind of interactions did you have in the police as, when you were young? When I was younger, well, you know, me and my, me and my friends, who, who all want to be gangsters, we used to hang about, you know, late night, Tottenham High Road. So my initial interaction with police was a stop and search, yeah. you know. They wanted to know, what am I doing here at this time of day? And then obviously after 9-11 um, happened, after 7-7 happened, you see an Asian man with a beard, with a rucksack. If I'm not getting funny looks from members of the public, I'm getting, you know, just having a few words with transport police. People have this belief that, you know, the police don't appreciate or understand what people are subject to when they, you know, when they get stopped and searched. You know, I've, I've had it both ways. I've done a stop and search. I know what it can feel like. You're in the streets every day. So you, you're on the beat. Yeah, you're right in the thick of things. What would you say the relationship between police and young people is like right now? It varies and it also depends on what young person you speak to. When you speak to young people, you need to understand, you know, they are part of a different group and their groups have peer pressures. I mean, I knew growing up, I could tell you, do I want to be speaking to a Fed? Hell no. You know, that's just going to cause me grief. I'm like, oh, why are you speaking to Fed blood? You know, who are you writing out? You know, it's one of those misconceptions that people, you know, young people have. That every time they're speaking to a police officer, it's because they're either writing someone out or, you know, they've done something wrong. There are people out there who don't want help. They don't want the help from the police. And the other thing that people need to appreciate is a lot of the things that Metropolitan Police, police in general, are dealing with now are not issues that we have the capacity to deal with. You know, like a lot of, like, you know, youth problems. They're social issues that the police service are never going to fix on their own. We need to have local authorities assisting us. We need to have the schools assisting us. And, you know, we are, we, we're getting there, but it's not something that we're going to fix overnight single-handedly.
My name's Boyer D and you're lo- Oh shit, no business. This is the sound of the police. As a nation, we are definitely football crazy. And the police know this. So they're actually using football to connect with young people. And as a football fan, I'm definitely interested in what's going on over there. So I'm off to Chelsea FC's Kicks programme in Putney, South West London, to find out a little bit more for myself. Uh, my name's Paul Colwell. I'm a, a police sergeant and I work for the Metropolitan Police. Kicks is a, an example of um, what can be achieved using sport as a means of engaging with, with young people and uh, reducing youth crime. But I think we've got to be mindful of the fact that, that football is by far the biggest sport in this country. Young people are fanatical about it. A lot of police officers are fanatical about the game. You know, it's, it's massive. It's just a huge hook. Um, Um, Football is just a wonderful means of breaking down the barriers between police and young people. My name's Josh Keyes and I am the Premier League Kicks coordinator. Josh, what's Kicks all about? Kicks is a scheme created by the Premier League and police involvement and local borough councils. It's all to get young people involved within sport and to try and provide them a strategy when out of school, when out of youth clubs, when out of doing normal social activities. It gives them a chance to play football in a structured way. It's something different on their estate that they don't have to pay for, they don't have to go too far to do. We try and invent or create schemes that young people will be interested in, such as tournaments, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh programme, and we try various schemes just to engage young people and keep them interacted. We have some young people who come from, we call them sort of like stricken families where where they are on the edge of maybe committing crimes and whatnot. And then we do get young people who are from wealthier backgrounds or or, or steady and sturdy homes and they they all come together and play football in one area. So yes, they have its difficulties and each young person has its struggles. But at the end of the day, when they come to kicks, they all play as one group of young people. Thomas Horrigan and I'm 18. What do you personally get out of being here? But when I come here, I have fun, forget about other stuff. So you reckon this programme's kind of kept you kind of focused on the straight and narrow? Yeah, because it's, it's helped me out a lot. Like, I've not just come, it showed that they progress you as a person as well as a, a, a football football kid or whatever you want to say. And what do you think about the police in general? I have no problem with the police. They're just there to help. I really have no problem, but there's people around me who have problems and that, but I just turn a blind eye to that. Do you reckon uh, programmes like this have helped you kind of understand the police in a different way? Yeah, 100%. Like, it shows their view of things. Like When, when people are doing bad stuff and you, you can't see the police side of it, Like you're, you're looking at their side and thinking, oh yeah, the police are doing this and that just to stop you making money or etc. But they're, they're there to help you and make you think the right way. Do you think the programme keeps the young people out of trouble on the straight and narrow focused? I think for the time that they are within the programme they are. Obviously when they're engaging with us we try and provide them uh, alternative activities as well so different sports, different activities, uh, workshops on day to day issues that they might um, face such as stop and search or crime or a lot of the time again it's sort of sexual health just making them aware of what they might be getting up to um, using their phones and whatnot. Kicks enlightens young people into the different activities that could happen um, on a day-to-day basis. Some of our projects we have heavy 
police involvement and there's cases where they've come down quite a lot of policemen all dressed up um, and they've just sort of got involved with the session and the young people have just played on and haven't even batted an eyelid and when they get to know the police officers they realise that they are people and it's only a uniform that they wear and it's it's not that they're out to get them it's just um, it is their role and they're trying to protect them we always say to young people if you're in trouble your family's in trouble who's the first people you call they always say the police and we say look they are here to help you um, and it does help uh, improve relationships and it does help them see police in a different light and do you think football as a tool can be used to help the police interact with uh, young people and kind of build that relationship back yeah, again because if you've got a police officer coming down there and playing football with the, the young people they're, they're bonding in the team they're bonding and they will get get along like it happened here one time the police officer can't come down when he first came in he was getting bantered he was getting called names he started playing and then people started to like him and changed the view would you ever consider being a police officer? do you not yet to be honest I would if I had the opportunity to do it I mostly would first thing everybody working and serves in the dirt and the worst things we're tightening our purse strings all smiles on the surface we're tired and they've cursed us wild luck a lion but confined to the circus sisters and my brothers those that stand above us plan to rock us 15 million sufferers in 33 boroughs taxing us for labouring and claiming that they love us rage I feel the pain of minimum wages snakes and ladders but the aim of the game is to stay sane get paid and again and again smuggle with my hopes and my dreams in a drain and my name ain't feel my ray but I feel like I'm living in a groundhog day money 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 must the world okay but it's funny cause I don't know if I feel that way in this free country While making this program, I've spoken to a lot of young people up and down the country, from Manchester to Nottingham, as well as the youth in the capital. And the message has been constant. We want to see them doing good, but we don't actually get to see them doing good. So I think it kind of does waver the trust on whether we we fully do trust them like, with our outside um, influence. Like you hear the police doing wonderful things for people. And it's like, like I, for one, I see with my own eyes them doing the exact opposite sometimes. So I really don't know where to stand. I really don't, to be honest. They're going out on the streets to protect people, knowing that there's a stigma behind them that's negative. Not all police are bad. It's just that we see it that way because there are a few that happen not to do their job properly. The good police officers that there are should be praised for their good work because they do help me. If it's a big emergency, they are the last resort. They simply want good policing. And the good news is, the police, a lot of the time, get it right. 
but there are still problems. I know that you know the relationship between young people and police can sometimes be really testing, and you know, and, and I know that young people sometimes are suspicious of police officers. But we're changing. We want to communicate better. We want to find ourselves in less situations where we are seen as perhaps the enforcer, or we're seen as someone interfering with your personal freedom. Help us to understand what it means for you. Tell us about your experiences. If you feel you've been un- unfairly dealt with, please explain that to us. You can help us design a better relationship between police and young people. But recognise also that policing is a really tough job. We won't get it right every single time, but with a commitment and your support, we can improve the relationship and hopefully take away some of the suspicion that Stop and Search regularly has in your mind. I've witnessed some fantastic police initiatives that are going on up and down the country engaging a lot of young people, be it from football to police cadets or other activities simply in youth clubs. It all works. I went to a police summer project. That was one of the best experiences I've had when I was young. And I've done it for three years. And it was I was with the police. They took me on the trips. They spent time with me. And it also got people from the community. And that's when I really got to know police beyond just their uniform. And I think that that is one of the best schemes that has happened within the UK. It's done all over Lambeth, Southwark, everything. I'm going to I'm going to volunteer this year. But no matter how hard the police try. These initiatives just won't work without your support. So you've got to get involved. Be a part of the solution and not the problem. But the obvious thing for me that's breaking down the relationship between young people and the police is stop and search. Of all the police forces and police officers I've spoken to, they were working hard to make sure they get stop and search right so they can win back the trust of their communities. Do you think stop and search is a good tool when done properly? And like with, with the way the system is today and the way the police is run today, I think that there, there should be a lot of reforms. And I feel like, yeah, the police do need to be a lot more accountable to um, the people, for one. But um, stop and search over, I do think it's a good tool. But there's still a racial problem with the whole stop and search approach, and it needs to be resolved. As long as I am still seven times more likely to get stop and search compared to somebody who is white, the police will have real difficulty in gaining the trust of black and Asian communities. And if that doesn't change, they risk losing the trust of a whole generation of young people forever. Imagine a song that really reached out and touched kids, and not in a Daily Mail way. Innocence corrupted, but in a way where criticism remained constructive and wasn't too politicised, and children weren't instructed to behave in a way that was unrealistic or made out the way they lived was somehow sick and twisted, but simply pointed out reasons to get it together, not shouting get a job, but just saying get better, get better, get better, get better. Get better, 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 get better,